1: Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. With Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on vSIN.
2: Okay, it is the Lombardi line as we welcome you in week 18. Sounds weird, but fun as we say hi. I'm Patrick Maher live from the vSIN studios here at the South Point. I hope you're having a great Sunday. Michael Lombardi out in New Jersey. We'll say hi to Michael. As I walked into the South point today, already a lineup. This is the week that you line up early to bet the NFL. This is going to be topsy-turvy as we've got what three, eight playoff spots left to go. And we'll get into those now as we welcome you in. got a ton to do. We say hi to Michael Lombardi in New Jersey. Hi, Michael. How are you? Good morning.
3: Good morning, Patrick. Yes, I, I, it's amazing people are lined up to play uh, to bet this weekend, which I think is the most impossible weekend. I'm, I'm still angry at myself for not giving advice to our listeners and our viewers about the Eagles because, you know, past performance has always predict future achievement in my world. And last year at week 17, the Eagles, you know, playing the Washington football team. Washington had something to play for. The Eagles didn't. The Eagles took Hurts out they retreated uh like a bad army and you know washington made it into the playoffs remember hurts and then this year i'm stunned to watch that they didn't play as much now look i'm not taking a shot at philly here at all all i all i'm saying is simply when there's nothing to play for other than a little bit of seating the eagles are going to value draft order strength of schedule next year health of their players and development of their players over one 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 spot in the seating rank
2: Okay. You said that, and I've got a tweet to support that coming up in just one second. I want you to then philosophically let us know what you mean by that. A couple of things. Incentives are going to play big into today, Michael. As you said yesterday, a lot of these guys are 500 million, million and a half away from a catch or a sack, and we'll get into some of those implications. But you mentioned the Chiefs, and then you mentioned the Eagles. Let's go quickly. The Chiefs now are the number one seed in the AFC until the Titans beat the Texans, or excuse me, should beat the Texans today. The Cowboys, there's no chance. Change there. The Cowboys to jump up to two in the NFC quickly would need the cards, the Rams and the Bucks all to lose. That's not going to happen. And they're either locked they are locked into the four seed. If the cards or the Rams were to lose both of them, they jump up to the three. So I just want to put that out there. The Cowboys are going to stick with the four, but let's go ahead and throw up your tweet from this morning. And then this will give us a philosophical way of looking at what we generally consider to be a pretty number specific pursuit. And that's betting. You want to go ahead and talk about this? Note to self and NFL Television Committee, don't consider placing Eagles on national TV or recommending them for betting as they will have reasons, draft order, rest of players, evaluation for next year, and next year's schedule, all valid and important to not care about the game. Michael, you tweeted that. Let's get into that. Well, I, I think my point is, now look, and people
3: are saying, well, what if it's a playoff game? No, that's separate, right? If the game is meaningless and there's only a dra- only a slight uh, a way they can improve their seating order. They could go from 7 to 6 which is what the Eagles could have done and it would have taken some. I think they're going to value resting their players. They're going to value the strength of next year's schedule right? They don't want to truly do that. And the draft order you know now they're a 9 and 8 team. They're a playoff team but they're a 9 and 8 playoff team so that draft order it's better you're going to get a better draft pick than if you were a 10 and 7 playoff team. Correct. And then you keep all your players healthy. I mean, they did exactly what they wanted to do. They trotted Kelsey out there. He got his his start. He trotted back off the field, you know, and and then they were able to get Smith all the yards he needed for his catches to break the Eagles' rookie record. which, Which is kind of irrelevant since we're playing 17 games and the rookie record was set with 16 games. But we don't have to get into that right now. And so for me... I just felt like this is two years in a row the Eagles have given us a bad television performance. I'm not this – I am not complaining about what the Eagles did whatsoever. All I'm saying is, to me, don't put them on national TV. Like, <laughs> I, thought the, I thought the Kansas City game was entertaining. Yes, it was. Right? I thought it was a fun game to watch. I thought, But to me – Dallas and Philly, on paper, if Philly would have played, would have been a great game, but they didn't. So we're subjective to a Saturday night evening with this, right, with the first-team Cowboys versus the, the third-team Eagles. That's not what, what I think they wanted. And so the reason I wrote note to self in the TV committee is just remind yourself next year that in spite of all the circumstance, the Eagles, unless it's a playoff atmosphere game, unless it's win or get in for Philly, don't put them in it. And, and, and I, again, I'm not saying Philly did something wrong. I'm not criticizing what they did because for Philly, they need to be healthy going into week, week, playoff week one. They need to be able to they, – they did a smart thing by strength of schedule and improving their draft order. I mean, Atlanta should follow suit today. I mean, this game with the Saints is completely meaningless for Atlanta. I mean, what are you going to do, walk around the building and flowery branches and say, well, we beat the Saints again. You know, we beat them twice in a row. Meanwhile, you're down in draft order. Your strength of schedule the next year isn't as good, right? I mean, there's more value, too. So what, what the Eagles are doing is a smart thing.
2: And all I'm saying is just don't put them on my television. Yeah, but you know reason doesn't come across well on social media. When you're making a valid, cohesive point, a sober point, it comes across as you're taking attacks at the eagles that's not the point the only thing the only drama no. left for the eagles today is whether they're the 6th or 7th seed if the 49ers lose and the saints win the eagles will jump up to 6 they don't control that yesterday didn't matter for them that's your point Right. It didn't. So don't put them on TV. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's fine. Don't put them on
3: TV because you should know that as an organization, they value some other things, which I'm saying is really smart. I'm not criticizing them. I did WIP on Friday and I said, look, I would rest the players. I wouldn't play the players. I think their health is more important. They need to be 100% healthy going into playing the Rams or going into playing, uh, you know, another team, whoever they play, whether it's Dallas, the Rams, or, or, or uh, Tampa Bay. So just let it go. I'll, I'm saying what they did is perfectly fine and actually very smart what i'm what i'm really complaining about is putting them on the making them on our saturday game like why i would have rather had tennessee play texas on that right after to the texans i would have rather had that game
2: so, by the way, I know Millie's out of town. That is a sharp blue on blue you got going on. Man. Is that a hood? What's going like That's a good a look, hoodie, bro. Yeah. That, dude, Thank you, Millie. That, that was a Christmas that, gift. Thank you. That is, brought this to I, me. I'm like, Thank just I, I had just it. to say something. I
3: apologize. You. Uh, you, <laughs> you know, you carry a big weight in my house, so if you compliment on it, it's I'm it's telling you, man. i like, big, man. I'm it, like, it, that it,
2: is, uh, you, got, you got me clubbed here. Um, yeah. The Chiefs. The Chief, the the Broncos showed you know what's fascinating that scoop and score and then the conversion oh, on the two point as you know Femi knows this as well that was a cover for Chiefs backers what the Chiefs backers wanted Fangio to do was go for it on fourth down because you know the kick and the field goal essentially eliminates that was a competitive game I thought uh, you you mentioned Locke before the game he used his legs well uh, it, it was kind of a topsy turvy performance from Kansas City offensively. I thought it was a horrible performance by Kansas City. I mean, I think it was horrible in the sense that when they lose
3: Tyreek Hill, they're not the same team. No. That, I think that was clear. That was it, you know, and I think it was a very inconsistent performance. I thought it was a very bad performance two weeks now in a row by the Kansas City defense concerning two weeks in a row. I mean, Locke, you know, Locke was throwing the ball almost up for grabs, and they couldn't make a play on it. And they moved the ball, Locke with his feet, the ability of the receivers of Denver to get open. And, look, I, you can criticize. I actually texted Will Hill before on third down. I said he's going to kick the field goal if they don't score a touchdown here. I knew he would. I knew he would because most defensive coaches think they're going to get the ball That's back. Right. right? They think they're going to get the ball back, and he's thinking, okay, it's 28-24. I'll get the ball back. I'll have a chance to win the game. Maybe, maybe not. He didn't get the ball back. I knew he wasn't going to get the ball back. First play, they run slip screen. For me, I'm rooting there because Russo had the Chiefs lay in 11 and a half, right? And so selfishly, I'm sitting there like, okay, how am I going to lose this game? You know, I'm thinking like I'm coaching it, you know? That's so funny. I was happy. I was delighted he kicked the, I was delighted he went and kicked. So, uh, you know, but look, I, I mean, what was not said on the broadcast was and I think this is one of the problems you have with Drew Locke. When you're lined up at quarterback, if you're Tom Brady and you see that look on the right side and you can see Ingram slanted inside and you see the safety on the line on the outside, you know any run you have, you can't block that, right? You know that. you got to get out of that play. you got to get out of that play. But Locke runs the play. It gets blown up. Doesn't even try to make the tackle, which I thought was bad. Even Mahomes said after the game, you know, it was a bad look. Like, just get the guy on the ground. Just get them on the ground, you know? And, and they had every chance to win that game, and they couldn't do it. And, look, that's just – to me, I think Kansas City is limping into the playoffs. They're not driving into the playoffs.
2: So they're guaranteed – they're they're guaranteed at least the two seed. Again, the Titans today, if they beat the Texans, will assume that one seed. So at least two home playoff games for the Chiefs. But you mentioned they're limping in. So this is – yeah. uh, it was uneven. I mean, I but- don't th- – I I don't know what the
3: line would be if they played the Colts in week one next weekend, but I'm telling you, the Colts have every kind of team to give them trouble, especially, look, after the game, I know Rick Ballcultor, the the, the trainer for the the Chiefs, told uh, Laura Rutledge on the sideline, oh, you you know, Kelsey's fine. I don't think he's fine. I think he limped off that field. I don't think he's fine, and I think he's injury, and I think this heel injury is a problem. These heel injuries for sprinters are real problems. I know he went out there. Hill ran run out there and ran. Did everybody not know whether he was going to run sprint right option on fourth and one? I mean, like, seriously, I'm screaming it from Bella knew it was going to happen. Like, it's sprint right option. They're going to run it. But, I mean, he's not healthy. If they
2: don't have – if those two players aren't at their elite level, this chief offense isn't very good. And a note for you at home, Bella is a dog. Um, the, smart one, though. A smart dog. <laughs> it, 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 and the Colts. So the Colts today down in Jacksonville have an, you know, it's a, it's a facsimile of what happened last year, right? They needed a win down in Jacksonville. They're going to have that opportunity. Uh, the Colts are a team right now sitting six. So again, five teams vying for two wild cards in the AFC. You've got two for one in the NFC. Michael, the Saints win and a 49ers loss at LA. They're in 49ers win or a Saints loss. They're in. That's a scenario as far as the two conferences.
3: Yeah, and we get the Jags early. The Jags in Tennessee are playing. We only have six games in the 1 o'clock window, and we have a bunch of them at 425, which will be a lot of fun.
2: Was, is the crowd kind of filing in over there at the Borgata? Not yet. No, we're still we're still rousing around here a little bit. You know, we'll, we'll get it going there. You better get we'll, that we'll get smile it. ready. They're going to want a picture with that, that that outfit, man. I'm telling you no, right now. Come on, my man's locked in, ready to go. It's just him, Bella the Bachelor, and Michael Lombardi. Oh, yeah. They're hanging out there I, in a snowy Ocean City. We continue here, at Lombardi Line, getting it started in Week 18, V Sin the Sports Betting Network.
1: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: You're listening to The Lombardi Line on PCN,
1: featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi... Once again, here's Patrick
2: Macher. Okay, it is BetMGM. We are proudly presented by BetMGM. It's the king of sports books. Visit BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app. If you're here in town in Vegas, bring that state-issued ID to an MGM property. And if you do, you're going to be ready to bet within minutes. Got that great user interface for in-game betting as well. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. we got you back here on the Lombardi line. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the Vicent studios here at the South Point. Hope you're having a great Sunday. Excited about Week 18. Michael Lombardi there at the Brigada in Jersey, where there's a little bit of a sleepy hangover, a weather hangover. And speaking of which, we got yeah. weather today, man. We're gonna oh, going to have freezing rain in Baltimore. Like oh, I know. Yeah. Me and Jeezy were up early trying to figure this one out. Cincinnati, Cleveland, 20. You mentioned yesterday the big time wins there in Cleveland. Um, it, Washington and the Giants, that's an under. That is underwritten all over it. Two teams that just want to go home. Cold, wet. New Jersey at excuse me the Jets at Buffalo twenty plus mile an hour sustained wind so we've got weather it is last time I checked Michael d- January 9th, no so we're dead in, no
3: we're it, right it may, we are in the we are remember you know I just was they just I just retweeted a an article in Texas Monthly about Dan Reeves and, and his fifty yard touchdown pass in the legendary Ice Bowl which was for the championship of the sixty seven season and and that was played on New Year's Eve nineteen sixty seven so. That, that was the end of the 67 season that was played on that day, right? We are now at the end of the season in 2022 in January the 9th, right? Now we're just yeah. going to begin the playoffs. So if you think weather was prob- was was bad back in Green Bay in 67 with minus 13 degrees, we're only going to get worse. And I think this is partly has a lot to do with building your team and how to handle the elements. And certainly as betters, you know, like this giant game today with, with Heineke facing and front I mean, you know, I don't know if they can lower the under enough, really. I mean, I know the Giants are favored by seven, but it's really hard for me to imagine that the that the, the Giants can muster any points. At, and look, the under's 37 and a half. But this game
2: has a seventeen to ten game written all over it, doesn't it? I don't think the Giants have scored in like twenty possessions. I mean, this oh, is. Yeah. I mean, this is how an about, inept how offense. How about today? How
3: about today? I mean, one of the Giant beat writers tweeted out that they they can't add another player to their roster because they don't have enough cap room to take another player on, right? And so, like, it's one thing to be bad, right? It's one thing to be bad. It's another thing to be bad and no cap room. I mean, this is like at some point. When is the intervention coming in New York? And as I said many times, thank God for the miracle of the Meadowlands because without that, Giant fans would have never changed their organization
2: or direction. By the way, seems like a fun beat to be on the Giants right now with Joe Judge. He's got a chill personality. Trying to ask him yeah. questions. By the way, speaking of coaches, breaking news right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Vic Fangio and the Broncos are going to part ways. No surprise there, but it is coming down. that That is officially going down. Fangio, Broncos part ways after, what, three seasons?
3: Yeah, I mean, look, Vic could never get the de- could never get the offense fixed, could never get a quarterback. He's paying a price for the sins of the organization, and certainly he deserves some of the responsibility by not demanding they draft a quarterback. I think this is all a part of it. I mean, Matt Rule's in a tough spot this year. He didn't draft a quarterback last year, and Vic Fangio didn't draft a quarterback last year. I think those two teams really made that mistake of not drafting one, which gives you time. It buys you time. It, it buys you goodwill. It also buys you the ability to give the people, that your fans, some hope of the future. I mean, look, Bears fans want to get rid of Matt Nagy, but at least they all have hope for their future because they drafted Justin Fields. Whether that hope is real or not,
2: today it seems real. Absolutely. So, again, Vic Fangio out in Denver. Never got a quarterback. You get a quarterback, you stick around. You don't. You're out, and that's Vic Fangio. Uh, Vic
3: Fangio will be a very hot commodity. Oh, a very people will be commodity. tripping
2: over themselves to have them run the defense.
3: I, I mean, I could see, you know, like whoever, if Jacksonville wants to hire, you know, whoever they hire as a head coach, or let's just say Jim Harbaugh takes the, you know, Jim Harbaugh and Vic Fangio were partners together in San Francisco. If he comes back in the National Football League, so I, I just think to me there's tremendous possibilities moving forward. I mean, he's he's sitting in the driver's seat because he's going to be able to get a a really great contract, and then go back to being doing the job he loves doing, which is being a coordinator.
2: You know, it reminds me when McVay took on the Rams job, and he brought Phillips yeah. in to run the defense. You can leave Fangio alone, and that's one less thing to concern yourself about. That's how great he is, and adept he yeah, is. Yeah,
3: and you can grow as a head coach, and then you can you grow go. as a head coach. You know, there. and that allows you to kind of build on on as you're learning this profession. You know, and, and it's going to take somebody that knows Vic to get him to come in there. But look, Denver, this is going to be hard to replace. I mean, Denver's got find the right guy there's no denying this denver has to find the right guy and there's not a lot of guys that you sit there and say okay they're a better coach than vic in terms of how he coaches the defense and all those areas
2: okay i got something for you here let's go ahead yeah. and set up the nfc the packers literally couldn't have less to play for today they've got nothing to play for you probably incentives. see re- incentives. incentives incentives that's exactly right i'll get to those you've got probably what a series or two from rogers a quarter from rogers and once we get those incentives, which I'll lay out for you, you're gonna see Jordan Love and some backups. You are going to see Goff, so it, keep that in mind if you're fading the Lions today, who have been, until last week, a cover machine. They're gonna have starters playing. The Packers, for the most part in the second half, are gonna have backups. The Bucks, Michael, have clinched the South. The Cowboys have clinched the East. Now let's get to the West. The Rams are sitting minus 350 to win the West. All they have to do is beat the 49ers today. The Cardinals can still win the West if the Rams lose, and they win today we'll get to that but I got a clip for you I want to play and get your reaction as far as Kyle Shanahan talking about who's going to be the starter today in Los Angeles no I'm not deciding Sunday morning we don't have any practice left I know where Jimmy's at today Uh, I know where Trey's at and our team's at and uh, I feel pretty good about where we're at so I'm excited to get to Sunday really glad I have no press conferences after today so once, once I survive this, I'm done talking about it, so I think we'll be good after that. But I think you guys understand why you don't announce it, and, um, but regardless, you know, especially with Trey playing last week, uh, we got two guys here with some experience that our team feels good with, and we'll see how it plays out. Okay. That is Kyle Shanahan talking about the still undecided quarterback position for today. The report's not, not undecided, not going to be undecided. Jimmy G.
3: It has to be Jimmy G, right? I think there's no doubt it's Jimmy G. I mean, he knows it. He practiced. He feels good about it. I mean, unless he feels like Jimmy G couldn't throw the ball, then, you know, I mean, there's just no way. Now, you know, I don't know if he'll have some package for for Lance. But, look, the way Lance didn't really show incredible speed or quickness in the run on those fourth down plays, I don't know if he'll have any package. I can see why he didn't have any packages over the last seven weeks when Jimmy was playing well
2: do you know kyle kyle seems um no kyle well Uh, yeah i know kyle really well is is he angry is there something going on he always seems a little curmudgeonly there seems he seems bothered all the time literally yeah it's like dude it's not that bad you got a pretty good uh, life you know i think most head
3: coaches are. i think it's you know there's a lot of pressure sure i mean today's today's an interesting game i mean you know when you look at this all the money is on the Rams today. It's, and this is just on my board, not the BetMGM board from John John Ewing. But 95% of the money is on the Rams, and that line's moving back to the 49ers. I mean, one thing about Kyle, he's very confident. He's very confident in what he does. And, you know, he's been able to run the ball on, on Raheem Morris. Look, he's been, they all, all three of these guys Raheem Morris, Sean McVay, and Kyle Shannon, were all in Tampa together. They all know each other really well. They know how each other thinks. They know how they behave. But I I think just, Kyle, when you're dealing in front of the media and having to deal with the constant Trey Lance quarterbacking questions – I think you do
2: tend to get. Yeah, low, no, actually. that's fair. And he's a tremendous coach. I, I know coaches obsess over his pre-snap movement and just his offense in general and their ability to run the run the ball. I'm just saying he does seem frustrated, and he probably is frustrated because his quarterback's playing in New England. Anywho, I digress. The Rams. <laughs> look at Michael laughing. The Rams are laying three and a half off the six opener. Let's get into this. This is a Rams team. Um, quickly that. You know, they've won five in a row. They've crippled other teams' playoff chances, and they've been winning these games with Stafford making mistakes.
3: Yeah, and look, let's face it. Stafford hasn't played well. I mean, but what has happened over the course of the season is that the Rams have gone from Stafford's offense back to the golf offense. And now what they're hoping for is that Stafford will play better than Goff. And in the last two weeks, that hasn't been the case. Actually, Goff has performed in the offense at a higher level than Stafford has. Stafford's got all the beauty to his throws. He's got all the magnificent arm strength and doing what he does and and, and handle it and get the ball down the field. However, six turnovers in the last two weeks. But they won both those games, which is remarkable. They were minus three in the turnover takeaway and were able to win those two games on the road. On the road, which is challenging. Now it's going to come down to, can this 49er defensive front really put some pressure on Stafford? Can they stop the run first and then force Stafford to have to make some hard decisions? And I think the Niners have to control the football in this game. I would not play this game until I watched the first quarter. I would in-game bet this game because... I want to see I want to see Garoppolo throw the football. We saw him in Tennessee when he hurt the thumb and he kept playing and he overthrew some balls. He made some mistakes that could creep up on you here in this game.
2: You know, it's interesting. The Niners have the higher rated offense and Shanahan. He's owned Sean McVay six and three ATS against McVay. And remember, that includes a 31 10 beatdown two months ago when the Niners dominated every facet of the game. So the 49ers should feel good about themselves headed to L.A. today. Yeah,
3: you know, look, the Rams, they have this perception that they're this great team, but their numbers aren't great
2: in a lot of categories. No, well put. Okay, when we come back, Arizona's got to win if they want to keep their chances in the West alive. Seattle's in town. What will she- Seattle do as far as posting with effort? See, right now, Arizona's laying five and a half in the desert. We'll come back and discuss. It's a Lombardi line. It's v Send these sports betting notes. it is express bet first bet new customers get ten dollars instantly and up to a thousand dollars bonus when you sign up just go promo code vegas1000 it's vegas1000 remember everything horse racing here at vsin it's vsin.com slash horses for details express bet use the bonus code Vegas 1000. Okay, we got you back here. Week 18 NFL on v the Sports Betting Network. Hope you're having a nice Sunday. I'm Patrick Maher. A lot to do. Incentives, Michael. The incentives, were those as prevalent when you were putting together contracts? Because the, across the league today, there's a lot of money hanging in the balance, which, which plays into the motivation for a lot of these players.
3: Well, especially considering that this year, we had such a tight cap, the cap went down. So a lot of players, to get them on your roster, you had to give them some incentives and you had to attach it to something that wasn't likely to be earned. Because if you say, hey, Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to give you incentives if you throw 20 touchdown passes. Well, he threw more than 20 last year, so that would count as a likely-to-be-earned category, right? So that would go right on the cap immediately. But when you attach it to something like Tom Brady has, okay, if you throw X amount of touchdowns and the team averages above 4.3 yards per rush, they averaged 4.2 last year. I'm making this up, right? That's not likely to be earned. So it doesn't count towards your cap. So you're basically giving a player the money without having him carry the burden of it being on your cap during that season. It falls into next year because it counts. Once it's earned, it goes into next year's cap. So it's, the money's not going to ever not count against the cap. It's just how you split it up. And because of the, the tightness in the cap, the way the teams lost so much money because of COVID, Th- this became prudent, but this has been going on forever, since, especially since the salary cap. It's more prevalent this year, though, I think.
2: and Great job, Stephen Bond and the crew with the little visual there. Rob Gronkowski, for example, needs seven receptions to earn $500,000. So you know Brady's going to be hunting for him yeah, early Yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll
3: be catching bubble screens. He'll be catching, you know, first play of the game Maybe why it will be auto, which is an out route for the tight end, you know. And, and, I mean, look, Chris Jones didn't get that sack yesterday. I'm sure he tried, but I was really disappointed in the Chiefs' defensive front. I mean, give Denver and Mike Munchak, now they're all out of work, and, and reading, the, reading the release that Vic Fangio has been fired, the Broncos have made it very clear that George Payton's going to make this pick, that it, there was no mention of John Elway in that press release. Yep.
2: That's a great – I didn't read the press release, but it's a good pickup by you. Okay, we bring in our buddy Will Hill, of course, New York City cast. Uh, Will – He's got a little theme today and that's we're going hunting for some dogs hi Will oh, he loves this one yeah, yeah yeah this is good this is up
4: his alley now
2: it's <laughs> turned a lot is up will's alley let's start with the jags you're gonna catch the big number here
4: yeah i think we've all heard the staff right now that the colts haven't won in jacksonville since 2014 but go back to last year final week of the season uh colts need to win to get in similar point spread similar scenario 16-point uh, spread. It's a 20-14 to 14 game late, and the Jags have the ball, and that's with your boy Mike Glennon, your quarterback. So these games have been tight. Early in the year, it was 23-17 Colts. Colts blocked a touchdown in that game, So, uh, and I think the Jags outgained him in that game, actually. So uh, to me, this is way too many points. I know probably said that last week against the Patriots, but 15-and-a-half uh, on the road. I just don't trust wins enough to lay that number. I like the Jags here, plus the points. I think if they have a 10-13-point lead late, Colts will just run the ball, punt, and get ready for next week.
3: You know, it's 14-and-a-half now. Well, I know you saw it at 15-and-a-half, which is what it was most of the week. But do you consider playing? would you consider playing the Colts if it was under 14, if it gets under?
4: Because there's some 14s out there. The
2: yeah. number 14, yep, good call.
4: I probably would just pass at that point. I think they really, I, I know you guys talked about it all week, they really tax you on the motivation here. People look in at the game and they say, oh, Indy needs to win. I'm going to bet Indy. So they really jack up. Uh, these point spreads. At that point, I would probably just pass them. I mean, that's still your laying two touchdowns on the road. Uh, I know you can look at last week with, with the Jags and say they lost basically by like 40 points. So, uh, look, I'm just not in the habit of laying that many points on the road in the NFL.
2: Yeah, the, the number, it's baked into the number. The lesson here is the motivation to get into the postseason is baked into the point spread. So you're going to pay a tax on these teams needing a win. Next up on the board, you like the Texans catching the 10 and a hook against the Titans. The Titans need the win to catch the one
4: seed. Yeah, similar philosophy. I just think this is way too uh, expensive here if you're betting the Titans. Uh, look, I know they're probably going to get the one seed of the Titans, but if you look at them, they're 5.1 yards per play on offense. They're 5.3 yards per play allowed on defense. Kind of just the middle-of-the-pack team when you look at a lot of these stats. And uh, They played about six weeks ago. Both teams played awful. I mean, the Titans threw four receptions. Texans did nothing on offense. It was kind of an ugly game. Uh, to me, this is just too many points. I think Mills has played better recently. Texans have played better recently. They were kind of in that game against San Francisco uh, last week until they got some bad calls. So to me, again, you're paying way too much here for the motivation. Give me the Texans plus the ten and a half. a You know, the first
3: game, four turnovers, Tannehill didn't play well. They moved the ball up and down the field. They lost. Te- the Texans did really nothing in the game. You know, this is to me, I, I would, if, if you play Tennessee, you're counting on Vrabel to get the team completely ready. And you know, we've seen Seattle go in and win in Houston. They beat them by double digits. You know, to me, if there's ever going to be a moment where Tennessee plays well on the road, they did it in Jacksonville early in the year, this has got to be the time. They can't turn this ball over. I think that's the theme for Jacksonville. That's the theme for, Ten- that's the theme for Tennessee, and that's the theme for Indy. You can't lose these games. You've got to play conservatively so you can win them. I actually like Tennessee here because I I trust Rabel to get it done, but I get Will's points.
2: Next up, New Orleans needs a win to keep their playoff hopes alive. They're in Atlanta. You like Atlanta catching the three and
4: a half. Yeah, I was shocked this opened at five. It made no sense because they played in New Orleans and the spread was six. Now you're moving it to Atlanta and the spread was five. Now it got bet down to three and a half. I think that's the right move. Uh, Look, the Falcons can't run the ball. The Saints are good against the run. I think that favors Atlanta because Atlanta's probably not going to even try to run. They're just going to throw the ball. Uh, Ryan threw for 375 in the first meeting in New Orleans. They won in New Orleans. These games are usually close. You know, even when the Saints have the good teams with Breeze, these games are are usually, you know, back and forth. Atlanta plays well against the Saints. I think this is a a pretty underrated rivalry. I think Atlanta's going to take this game seriously. Uh, I give Atlanta a decent chance to win this game. I like Atlanta.
3: You know, I, 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 I'm I going with Sean Payton in this game because I think he will move the ball. They scored 22 points in the fourth quarter. They didn't play well. They had just beaten Tampa the week before. They're coming home. They play Atlanta. And then Cordell Patterson made a few plays. I thought Ryan got the crap beat out of him last week by Buffalo. I, I I really did. I don't know what Atlanta's motivation is to win this game. But Will's right. I mean, this is truly a game uh, that has a lot more uh, of rivalry than we most think because these two teams go back to the days of Steve Barkowski and you know and, and Archie Manning when that when they were rivals in the NFC East. So uh, there's a lot on the line here. Sean Payton has won in, in Atlanta. I don't think Atlanta's a hard place to win, it'll be half empty. But I do think that uh, I don't know why Atlanta wouldn't want a better draft pick. I wouldn't want, no, don't know why Atlanta wouldn't want a, a better seating in terms of strength of schedule next year. And to me, I don't see what they're playing for because, really, they're not a very good team. It, there's no doubt New Orleans isn't very good in terms of their offense, their defenses. But Atlanta's defensive and offensive numbers are bad.
2: Okay, the dog theme continues down in Miami. Miami catching six, hosting New England. New England still alive for the East Crown. Will?
4: Yeah, New England limited motivation here. I mean, there's, I guess, what maybe a five ten percent chance that the uh, you know the Jets beat the Bills. And they have a chance to steal the AFC East. My, uh, New England never plays well in Miami. Even the really good uh, New England team struggling Miami. To me, this line is just completely inflated. Uh, I don't know that the Patriots really need to win this game. Want to win this game? Uh, t- it's a low total, so you're probably looking. Look, it's thirty nine and a half. So you're probably looking at you know a twenty seventeen type of game. I just think this is way too many points. Miami this time of year is a tough place to play. I like Miami here plus the points.
3: I think it's a hard game for New England. I think the matchup, tower's not going to play today for New England. But I think their, their linebackers, their speed of their linebackers, the size of their linebackers become problems against a short passing game, which is what Miami does. I think it's a hard matchup. And I don't know how much motivation New England has to keep going uh, in this because I don't think they're really going to improve off of the fifth seed. But I think this line's a little long. I think it's a field goal game, frankly. I think New England can certainly win the game, but I also think Miami can pull an upset. I think the line's a little high.
2: Got to ask you about your Vikings on the way out. They're laying four in Zimmer's farewell. Uh, that is my presumption. I just would like to say that's not official. Chicago in town, what do you think?
4: Well, lead Minnesota, but you missed the best number. It should have been three. You know, it was three to open. You could have gotten that. Would lean Minnesota, sounds like they're going to play their guys. Sounds like... You know, Cook said we want to win this one for Zimmer. It, this is going to be it for Zimmer. And, look, it's time for him to go. It, it, it makes sense to make a move. He actually did a good job there overall. I think just, look, after eight years, it's time to move on. You think about it. Blair Walsh misses a kick in the playoffs. You know, 2016, they were 6-0. They were really good. They were the final unbeaten team. The whole team gets hurt. You know, they, he had injuries with Sam Bradford Bridgewater. He, It could have gone better for him. Uh, You know, there were times where I thought he was the guy that was going to take him to the Super Bowl. He did a good job. He'll probably catch on somewhere as a defensive coordinator, but definitely time to move on here for Zimmer.
2: There it is. Will Hill, New York City cast, com slash podcast. Good luck today, buddy. Let me just quickly recap. You like the Jags catching, the Texans catching. When I say catching, their dogs take the points. Falcons and the Dolphins. Thank you, Will. Appreciate it. Hey,
4: Thanks, Will. Hey, guys. Appreciate it.
2: Michael, do you want to add something there?
3: You know, I think he's right. I mean, I think you know Zimmer's had a really good career, won a Super Bowl in 94 with the Cowboys. I mean, I wrote about it tomorrow for the Daily Coach. I mean, he's done a really good job. Just sometimes after eight years, it's kind of your message becomes stale. I think they probably will need a change. But I still think there's a lot worse coaches in the league than Zimmer.
2: Michael, Cincinnati-Cleveland today. Cleveland's laying five. No borough. No Baker. I don't think
3: Cleveland. I don't think – does that really matter?
2: No, but I do have Baker news coming back okay. for you. I'll call it breaking news. Why not? Also, Josh coming back here Lombardi Line.
1: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: You're listening to The Lombardi Line on t featuring former NFL executive
1: Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: Okay, it's BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Here's what you're going to do today over at BetMGM.com. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on a pro football game today, week 18. If any team scores a touchdown, you're going to win $200 in free bets, regardless of the bets outcome. you got to use the bonus code VSIN200, VSIN200. So, again, anybody scores today, $200 paid for in free bets for new customers over at BetMGM. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions, 21 years or older. If you do have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-522-4700 or 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. We bring in our buddy, Mr. Market Insights, Josh Applebaum,
5: for a market update. Good morning, Josh.
2: How are you? Let's get an update going
5: here. Yeah, good morning, Patrick. Good morning, Michael. Week 18. Can you believe it, guys? Uh, Before we dive into all today's games, real quick, uh, New York, what we've seen out of New York, they launched mobile betting yesterday for the first time. Huge, huge opening day. They had 5.8 million geolocated transactions. So basically, uh, anytime a state legalizes, you have to be within the state borders to place a bet. The first 12 hours of going live, 5.8 5.8 million bets were placed. Talk about a massive market that breaks and shatters the record uh, wow. of a launch, having so many geolocated bets, guys. Yeah, so this is huge. Previous record holder was Pennsylvania, but just goes to show you the sports betting legalization spreading across America. New York is a huge domino to fall in. Our Arneson audience, if you're listening, Massachusetts, maybe we can join the fun one day, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, Dominic's waiting
3: for that one. Dominic can't wait for that to happen. He's in this four years old. <laughs> well, I promise you, he could probably figure out how to use the app. I know his mother <laughs> wouldn't let him be near the app, but I promise you he could figure out the app.
2: He'd be taking his big wheel to New York so he can get yeah. the, the phone ready to go so he can place a mobile wager. Josh, today is, uh, I guess, categorized by uncertainty. Incentives, where's the motivation? Let's get an update on the market there.
5: Yeah, tons going on today, and you guys hit the nail on the head. Today, I think, is one of the hardest weeks, if not the hardest week to bet NFL. Just differing motivations, guys playing, guys not playing. Uh, it really makes you, as a better one, as Michael does a really good job of, eliminating games, games with huge line moves, games where you don't know if the you know the starting quarterback is going to play or not. So let's focus on some games where we feel like we have a little more confidence of knowing who's going to play and the motivations at play. Let's look at three divisional games that have a lot of implications where everyone's going to play their hardest. Uh, again, number one. Pittsburgh and uh, Baltimore, guys. This has been a big move toward the Pittsburgh Steelers. Big game for both teams. They're both on the bubble. Playoff started today. They wouldn't get in. But if one of these teams wins and you get some help, they could make the playoffs. So what I'm seeing, guys, public is pretty much split down the middle. They don't really know what to do with this game. You kind of still like the Ravens, but they've lost five straight. Big Ben, this could be his last game, but all line movement is going toward Pittsburgh. A lot of these shops open, you know, as high as Baltimore, you know, laying six, six and a half, something like that. We're now seeing the line all the way down to three and a half. You know, big part of that move was Tyler Huntley looking like he's going to get the start here, uh, not uh, Jackson. But this line is three and a half this morning, guys, and right now it looks like it's falling to three. So if you like Pittsburgh with this line move in their favor, you probably want to grab them right now because that hook is leaving us. It's probably going to get down to three. Hook could be critical. You have a lot of systems to like with the Steelers. Uh, short road dogs, plus six or less this year. 64% against the spread. Tomlin as a dog, 66 ATS in his career. Uh, road ref, Sean Hockley here. He's been good to road teams, 58%. And Patrick, your Doppler must be going nuts for this one. You could have rain, wind. It's It's going to be be ugly 30 degrees. We did see this thing fall uh, around 42 down to 41. But i will be looking at the Steelers plus the points. And if you like them, grab that hook before it gets down to three, Michael,
2: the Steelers, a win and a Colts loss. They're in the Ravens implied probability right now, about 3%. They need to beat the Steelers and have the Colts, the chargers and the dolphins all lose. Michael.
3: You know, I don't think this, the the Ravens think they have any chance to get in. But I will say this: I mean, let's go back. Harbaugh plays preseason games like it's the nineteen sixty four championship game. I mean, he's serious <laughs> about it, right? I mean, he's going to play them. I mean, I, so I I I don't think this is a game between two teams that one cares and one doesn't. I think Harbaugh cares. I think it's Pittsburgh. We know it's Big Ben's last game. I mean, we can we can couch it any way we want. There's no chance he's playing football in 2022. This is it. This will be the last time he wears the white jersey of the Steelers. And so we move forward. And I think weather, I think the under's got to be really in play. I wouldn't be surprised if this thing dips down to 40 before we kick it off. And, you know, I think both these teams will see T.J. Watt get his sack record. But it's, uh, to me, it's back and forth. And let's face it, I mean, the Steelers won by a point at home. And now you're getting three and a half. In the contest, you got six with the Steelers. What a bargain. So, I, and I don't understand that number for the Ravens at losing five straight and, getting, and giving six points away. It doesn't, didn't make any sense to me. But I do think these two teams will compete and weather will be a factor.
2: In 64, of course, NFL championship game, the Cleveland Browns beat the Baltimore Colts 27 to nothing, Michael Lombardi.
5: <laughs> Next up, 49ers Rams, a lot on the line for both teams. Josh, what do you got? Yeah, this is a very similar line move and kind of situation in the betting market that we're seeing in this game as that Ravens and Steelers game. Similar sort of thing where this line is going toward this road divisional dog. So of course, meaningful game for both teams. San Fran, they'd be the sixth seed right now. They're six and two, their last eight, but they haven't clinched yet. They need to, you know, win or have some other teams lose. It they'll probably make it, but again, you haven't clinched yet. Uh, Whereas the Rams, they've won five straight. They're the two seed right now. They want to win this game because you could, if you lose, fall down to a three or a four seed. Uh, But guys, movement all towards San Fran pretty much throughout the week. A lot of these books open, Rams laying as high as six points. Uh, We've seen it get down to three and a half. And similar to that Steelers game, that three and a half is really juiced up toward the 49ers so again if you like the 49ers that three and a half you may want to get it now looks like it's going to three on the flip side if you like the rams you'd want to wait and lay the three it looks like it's getting down there but a divisional dog situation you look at uh shanahan as a dog in his career 59 percent ats uh, road dogs, plus four or less, 60% ATS this year. These teams did play back in week 10. It was a prime time game. San Fran, I believe, was getting either three or four points, but they rolled against the Rams 31 to 10. Uh, also a really good be- uh, low bets, higher dollar bets. But if you're paying attention to the betting market, look for uh, teams that get at least 10% more of money than they're getting bets. 52% of bets pretty much down the middle uh, on San Fran, but they're getting 66% of money. And we did see this total tick up slightly, around 44 to 45. Jerome Boger, pretty good uh, over ref here in his career, almost 60%. And this game will be played in a dome, but a lot of movement here to San Fran and that's tied in. Michael looks like with Jimmy G looking like he's going to play here.
3: Yeah, I think there's no doubt Jimmy G's going to play, and it's going to come down to their run game. They have been able to run the ball. They've been the more physical team in this matchup, and that's why over the last 10 games, the 49ers are 7-3 and against the Rams. And clearly Kyle Shanahan has Sean McVay's number. He understands what Raheem Morris is going to do. This is going to require the Rams to really play the more physical game. Sonny Michelle, to me, has to have a big day. The, the 49ers defensive front, go back to that Tennessee game. They were dominant in that game. Now, I didn't think they played as well against Houston because, as Will Hill said earlier, it was a closer game, but I, I think it's interesting how this line keeps going. San Francisco is one of those teams with Samuel and the players they, and Kittle on offense that they create problems for the Rams because they attack the middle of the field. Ramsey's on the outside part of the field. They don't ever go near Ramsey. They always go inside, and I think that gives them a slight advantage.
2: Hey, Michael, remember that 31-10 beatdown when we talked about that game After the day after, it wasn't that close. Remember, we were disappointed with the Rams. And San Francisco beat them every which way. I mean, they were out more physical. This is what we, after that game is when
3: I got on that, the Rams better get more physical. I got on the, hey, whatever happened to the Jared Goff offense? I mean, since that game, that's really where it, That game started to me that I just felt like they were so uh, beaten up in the trenches. And look, we know the Rams are not a great pass protection team in a drop back game. They're a run play action team just like they were with golf.
2: And remember, everybody's motivation is different. The Rams really want the game. The 49ers really need the game. There is a little difference there. The Rams are already in. Josh, here's what I want you to do.
5: Set up the Chargers Raiders and Michael, hold your thoughts until the top. Uh, Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, so this is another huge game, guys, and again, I, as we mentioned earlier, but focus on games where, again, these teams need something, where there's motivation or there's not one team ready you know, to play golf and wants a high draft pick. Here's another one here, another divisional matchup, Chargers-Raiders, both teams on the bubble, both 9-7, 7-8 seven, uh, seven, seed-ish, so again, you got to win and get in here, and this game was flexed to, uh, tonight, 8.20 p.m. Sunday Night Football, because it's so meaningful. So we've seen here, guys, early on, you did see a lot of uh, early Chargers money. A lot of books opened Chargers minus two and a half on the road. Uh, But once it got to three, I'm saying, okay, people are loving Herbert. You know, it's a big public play on the road to the Chargers. So let me see if I can get a hook on the the Vegas Raiders plus three and a half. Now, you never got the hook. Now, that's a good, meaningful sign because books never wanted to go to three and a half despite all this Chargers money. But now today, guys, everyone's looking at the, you know, one o'clock, 425 games. But if you like the Raiders here in this spot who have now won three straight and they've had opportunities to kind of fold their tent all year with the Gruden stuff, the Henry, rog- Henry Ruggs uh, tragedy, it's never happened. They've continued to play well despite a lot of this uh, you know, adversity. But, guys, this line is at three, and it's juiced up on the Raiders' side plus three at minus 115. It looks like it's getting down to two and a half. So if you like the Raiders, they match quite a few systems. Divisional dog, contrarian in a heavily back game. Primetime Dogs 56 percent ATS this year. Uh, they could get Darren Waller back. That could be a huge improvement to their passing game. And the Chargers have the third worst uh, rushing defense this year. So I look at the at the uh, Vegas Raiders plus three. Looks like it's getting down to two and a half. And guys, there was some over money here. 47 and a half up to 48 and a half. Michael,
2: I want you to save your thoughts because I'm going to give you 10 minutes to talk about this game next. We're going to get into okay, it great.
5: hardcore. And Brandon Staley,
2: we have audio from him as well talking about that tie oh, scenario. That. So we are get we'll mm-hmm. get to that next here on the Lombardi line. Josh, great job and good luck today it's josh underscore insights remember if you want to check out the podcast market insights it's vcin.com slash podcast thank you buddy good luck to your patriots today (laughs) thanks guys appreciate it and both of you just so you know the memo on the hoodie i didn't get it because you guys both look cool (laughs) and i'm nerding out over here when we come back winning your in here in vegas raiders chargers next tier lombardi line